0: I am so excited, y'all, because we are back. We are back, y'all. It's been a minute, but we're back like we never left. Actually, we never really left. If you were on Discord, you would know that. I'm sorry, I'm going to say this over and over again. If you were on Discord, you would know that because I have been engaging with the community on Discord. Um, I haven't been sitting in front of a screen, in front of my cockpit here. I've been in my car, okay? Or I've been, uh, you know sometimes at my desk sometimes i'm at a coffee shop i think our last reading rant was at a coffee shop wasn't it i was just at a coffee shop ranting um bothering everybody in the room that's probably why i sounded like darth vader there you go that's why i sounded like darth vader because i was trying to make sure like i wasn't like bothering everybody in this beautiful quiet coffee shop and so i was speaking like this but it's so good to see everybody. It's so good to see you all. I'm excited. If you guys notice, I'm lit this morning, uh partly because I got the caffeine in me and in part because we get to journey again in the reading of the word. I want to encourage you before you even get started, if you are not a patron and and my ministry has been in any way a blessing to you, please prayerfully consider becoming a patron. You can click the link in the bio to become a patron. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. If you're not ready or aren't able to support on Patreon, join my community. We got people right now, right here on this platform who are caring for each other, loving for loving on each other, connecting with each other. I can't wait to start the forums and the Bible studies and all that good stuff on Discord. It is the place to be. And if you're not on my Discord, you sleep, because some days I won't be on TikTok, and some days I won't be on IG. Some days I won't be live on, on YouTube, um, but I will be on Discord. Um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, actually, we're going to devote our time to prayer and that will be through our Discord community. So I want to encourage you to go to Discord to join our Discord community where you can connect with us because Tuesdays and Thursdays will be prayer. And our reading rants will be on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay? So we'll still keep going. We'll do it again. We're on. We're back to the New Testament, and we're going to read through the entire New Testament for, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I want to encourage you guys to join me then. Um I'm done. I'm done with the brass tacks. I'm ready to get right into it, ready to get into uh, the word today with you guys. I am excited because we get to kick off the New Testament again. If you have been with us from the gate, you know that we started this thing reading the New Testament and somewhere along the way, folks told me, hey, put this on the podcast, and that's how we got started with it. And that's how we started and kicked off the Read and Rant podcast. Unfortunately, we didn't start putting this material on the podcast until we got to I believe Romans. But that's what it was. Uh was it Romans or was it Ephesians? It may have been it may have been Ephesians. Now, now I'm losing track. But now we're getting back and we're reading from the top. And so I look forward to doing that with you guys. I want you guys to journey with me. Journey with me through the reading of the entire New Testament. I got OGs who have gone through the entire New Testament with me and now have gone through the entire Old Testament and are now, sorry, and are now journeying with me through the New Testament again. And it's going to be great because now you get to see, you get to have a whole wide, broad, deep perspective of the New Testament because you've read the Old Testament. And so I look forward to going on this journey with you all. I want to encourage you, and I guess I need to pull out my Bible, y'all, because I can't do this without a Bible, right? I want to go ahead and encourage you guys to go and turn your book. Uh, sorry, turn your book. Turn your Bible to the book of Matthew, and that's where we're going to get started. And one thing I will say, if you're here for the first time, you're like, okay, I don't know, I'm not really into it. My the, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because I believe that for most people, the fact that they haven't journeyed through the whole Scripture is how they miss the big picture of what God is doing, who God is, God's will, and more importantly, Jesus. Um, I, I, My passion has always been, let me expose you to the totality of the text so you can see the big picture. Because if you could see the big picture, you're going to get a better understanding of even the Old Testament. And you'll understand the work that Christ has accomplished and you'll understand who we are in Christ. A lot of people have their way that they feel about Christianity or about God or about the Bible, about all of that. And I, one of these, things I'm so encouraged by, profoundly encouraged by is that folks who've gone through this journey with me say, I'm, I'm, I did not know this and I'm reading the Bible in a whole new light. And so I hope that that's what this does for you is it gives you a whole new perspective just by committing to reading. That's it, just commit to reading. And so anyway, I'm excited about it because I know just, just doing this, just this endeavor is going to transform some lives. And I'm glad we're kicking this off again and you guys get to join me. So if you're here for the first time, you get to start off the New Testament. We did the whole, the whole Old Testament we've done the New Testament already, but now we get to do the New Testament again. And so I'm looking forward to going on this journey with you all, all of y'all from all over, I am excited about it. And so <clears throat> we're going to be reading Matthew. And because this is not a Bible study, this is a Bible reading. This is a meditation. I call it the read and rant. We want to posture ourselves to receive from God today. And so what we're going to do is, is we're going to prayerfully ask three questions as we read. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question we ask. The second question is God, What are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? So we're going to read for about 15 to 20 minutes, and then we're going to reflect for about 15 to 20 minutes, and we're going to do that. You're going to see how much Bible we're going to get through by doing that. So I'll pray, and then we'll get started. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this, this opportunity for us to encounter, to meet with you, today, Lord, as we read your word. Father, I pray that your spirit would guide this moment. Lord, that you would orchestrate your grace, Lord, in this time. Father, I pray, Lord, that it would not be our wisdom or our insight and intellectual facility that's being imposed on this text. But Father, I pray that your spirit would impress upon us the truth of your word. Bless us today, Lord, as we read this. Lord, guide us In truth, Lord God, that we may see who you are, to know who you are. And Lord, that we may know more about ourselves and that, um, Lord, there may be some things that need to be corrected or some places that need to be refined. And maybe, Lord, we just need encouragement today. Whatever it is, Father, Lord, provide for us today our daily bread. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get to it, y'all. Matthew chapter one, I will begin in verse one. I pray that you guys would read with me as well. And let's go, let's go for it. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amminadab. Amminadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah, Abijah begot Asa, Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, Joram begot Uzziah, Uzziah begot Jotham, Jotham begot Ahaz, Ahaz begot Hezekiah, Hezekiah begot Manasseh, Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Sheltiel, and Sheltiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Ebud, Ebud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Akim, and Akim begot Eliud. Eliud begot Eleazar, Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she which is translated God with us. Then Joseph being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men determined from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding, exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures and they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh, then being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Harry. They departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son." Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was the f- then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, Lamentation weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. And he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah, Judea, instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Ah, is good. <laughs> in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this he will. Wo- <coughs> Sorry. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all of Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the ax is laid to the roots, to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chafe with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, "Permit it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness." Then he allowed him When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. One more chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Then when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away from you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon, sorry, something I want to highlight here, the land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Verse 23, then Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and and from Decapolis. Jerusalem Judea and beyond the Jordan <clears throat> This is a good place to to stop um a good place to take a pause here This is uh This is where we begin our resolution What do I mean by that I mean that if you have been with me over the past few weeks, you know, on Discord, I've been spending time with the Discord community just talking and conversing over our time that we spent together in reading the entire Old Testament together. And in our time, we've talked through just what you know, what was exposed to you? What did you what did you read that surprised you or what surprised you that you didn't notice was there, and maybe you've read it before, but you just didn't notice was there. Um, What about reading the Old Testament was surprising to you? And also, what, what was the big takeaway for you? And so we've had a few conversations about that. And one of the things that we, you know, that we were catching is, is that really we're sitting, even in this time, in the in-between. I think I did a whole thing on Patreon with that, right fam? The in-between. We're sitting in the in-between, in between the fulfillment of this promise that Israel's waiting for and the promise itself. And so, sitting in between the fulfillment of the promise and the promise itself, you kind of find yourself in this tension there's a yearning, there's a desire because Israel, we've read Israel's story. Okay? Go back, check out the Reading Rants, go to the Reading Rant Podcast, check out the Reading Rant Podcast. We know Israel's story. The Old Testament, make sure y'all understand this, is about Israel's story. Not yours, Israel's. Not your promise, Israel's. Not your rules, Israel's, fam. But make sure you're catching what I'm saying here. Is it was about Israel? I know, I know, I know, I know. You might you probably grew up in church, and you were told over and over again. Well, the Bible says in Leviticus chapter da 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 that you ought to da 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 and all that da 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 da. That wasn't applicable to you. It didn't apply to you. It was for Israel and it was specifically for Israel. Israel received a promise from God at Mount Sinai. The promise came with a covenant, a testament, And so we see now Israel who received the promise made a covenant with God. And then we see the history and the story of Israel. Israel has not seen the promise come into fruition. Israel has not lived up to their side of the deal. Israel has profoundly failed. And so now Israel after a multiplicity of transfers from one power to another power to another power. Israel fell captive to Assyria, fell captive to Babylon. And now Israel finds himself captive to Rome under Roman rule. Israel is not the nation that they believed that they were called to be. Israel had a promise from God. Israel has not seen that promise come into fruition and Israel knows that they they messed up on their side of the deal. Israel knows that, right? This is not a surprise at all to Israel. But now we end Malachi and Malachi ends with the hope that even though Israel hasn't fulfilled their side of the deal, if you read those last few verses of Malachi, this is why the story is so beautiful, y'all fam is when we go to the end of Malachi, if I just flip a few pages ahead of our reading today, Malachi prophesies of the great day of the Lord that is coming, this coming kingdom of God. And in in verse 4 in chapter 4, he says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him from Horeb, what we just spoke about. Remember this law with the statutes and with the judgments. Remember all of that. And then he says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And notice what it says, notice what Malachi says will happen. Malachi says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers. And then of course, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. We see here. A promise. A hope. And then centuries pass by. Like centuries pass by. And Israel has not seen this promise come into fruition. They haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise. Here's what's beautiful about Matthew is that what Matthew does is that Matthew brings to Israel's recollection, the promise of God and how Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. What Matthew is doing is. Pay very close attention, y'all. Is he saying, Israel, this has been your story. Jesus has come to finish the story for you. How many of us, if we can be really honest, have made promises to God, have made commitments to God? God, I'll do better. God, I'll be a better person. God, I'm gonna do right this time. And yet we fail over and over and over again. There are those of us who sometimes try to see God through the lens of our parents, try to see God through the lens of our authorities, try to see God through the lens of our loved ones and to see the disappointment in their eyes when we make promises to them and they don't come into fruition. But God in his promise to you had already pre-planned your failure and had already chose to accomplish his victory through you. Regardless of your failure, God already knew and God already planned to finish your story. Now you just have to let him do it. Now you have to allow him to do it. Israel has failed over and over again. And what Matthew is pointing to is Matthew is pointing to the reality That Jesus is actually the fulfillment of Israel's story. That Jesus is actually the fulfillment of Israel's law. Jesus is actually the completion of it and the continuation of it. So the one thing that you see that Matthew is doing over and over and over again is this meticulously detailed man keeps saying over again, that it might be fulfilled that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. I don't know how many times I've read through the New Testament, I don't know how many times I have read through the book of Matthew. I can't count the number of times I read through the book of Matthew, but this morning, as I spend my time in reading His Word, and I spend my time in the book of Matthew, the one thing that God keeps poking at me as I'm reading this, the one thing that God keeps uh, 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 getting at me as I'm reading this, is that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled, for it is written that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. You have to know what Israel's story really speaks into. Just give me one second. Give me a moment because I, I know we only got a few minutes and I want to spend just a couple of minutes with y'all because I hope this will be an encouragement to you today as you navigate through the rest of your day is you have to understand that Israel's story speaks into a future hope. I know there are people who will uh, sometimes look back at their story and all they do is look back. Israel's story compels them to look forward. Israel's story compels them to see a greater future, a better future, a better hope. Israel's story is if God has done it before, then God will do it again. Israel's story speaks into what God has done and how God who fulfilled his promise and who was faithful, even though they were faithless, will be faithful now, regardless of where they are. The One thing that's constant in this world, family, and I'm trying to keep this as simple as I can and as, as you know, um, with as few words as I can is <laughs> God not the one who changes. God doesn't change. He is the alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. If there's one thing that is constant, it's God. And because God is constant, God is faithful. God is faithful, even though we're faithless. God fulfills his promises, even though we fall short continually. And the thing about God is that his love never changes either. And so because he's faithful and because he loves us so much, he packages our failure in his faithfulness so that we can experience his grace and his love. God planned your failures and he planned a way for you to get out of it. That's the hope we have is that we shouldn't trust in ourselves. We should trust in God. I, I <sighs> Israel's story is about a faithful God. And the thing about Israel's story, which I think a lot of people will miss out on, is that what Israel speaking into is a God that brings order to chaos. The Genesis story, and I don't need to spend all, a whole bunch of time on it because you guys have maybe heard this before. If you've been in my reading, you know it. The Genesis story is not a story about creation. <laughs> the Genesis story is a story of how God is bringing chaos to order. That's what the Genesis story is about. We make it about creation. We don't realize that really what it is about is how God is bringing order. And that God is re reestablishing order, that he's bringing light to darkness. He separates the world. So, bra- so God is taking this chaotic reality and he's making things right, bringing them into order. God brings human beings, draws them out of the muck and out of the chaos. And then he breathes himself into them. The Lord breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. And then from then on, we see Adam who then falls into chaos. And then God bringing order back into chaos again. And how does God do that? After Noah, he wipes out the earth, brings order again. But then after that, we see them fall into chaos again. And so then God gives a man named Abraham a promise. Stay with me, fam, because all this aligns to what we're reading here. God gives Abraham a promise and the promise wasn't just for Abraham. It was for his family and for humanity. And this promise that was given to Abraham perpetuated throughout his family, Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became 12 tribes. That 12 tribe, those 12 tribes became a nation. They went into Egypt. They went to Egypt and fell captive to Egypt, they left Egypt, went through the Red Sea, and out of the Red Sea, they went from slavery to freedom. Out of the Red Sea, they went from slavery to freedom, slavery to who they were called to be. And when they entered into their new identity, they went into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, Israel was tested. Israel was tried. Israel was tested. And Israel failed. It took a generation after them to go into the promised land. And yet when God restored Israel and gave them the land that was promised, it was speaking into the reality that God had brought Israel out of chaos into order. Chaos into order. What is Matthew doing? I ain't got the time. I'm just rushing, but y'all, y'all stay with me here. Stay with me because this is, uh, profoundly impactful and profoundly important is that Israel's story is being played out again through the one who will fulfill Israel's story. Israel came out of um, the land that was promised to them and went to Egypt. Jesus came out of Bethlehem and went to Egypt. <laughs> I don't know if y'all read that. I don't know if y'all read what I read. And so Matthew was pointing out the fulfillment. That's what Matthew's doing. So Jesus came out of Bethlehem, which really means house of bread because Jesus is the bread of life. Bethel is house. Lachem is bread, house of bread. Jesus came out of the house of bread. He is the bread of life. And now Jesus leaves Bethlehem and goes to Egypt with no rights, illegal immigrants. Fleeing from the oppressive institution and reign of King Herod. Then Jesus leaves Egypt. Stay with me. I hope you all catching it. <laughs> Jesus leaves Egypt. Doesn't go back to Jerusalem. Because it's not his time yet to go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Because the story hasn't been fully lived out yet. The story of Israel and the fulfillment of God's promise in Jesus Christ to Israel through all of us, to all of us, has not yet come into fruition. It's not the time yet. So where does Jesus go? He goes to Nazareth and there in Nazareth, Jesus is baptized in the same way that Israel was baptized when they were drawn out of the Red Sea. And as they were drawn out of the Red Sea, Jesus was baptized. And where does Jesus go after he was baptized? Jesus goes to the wilderness. In the same way when Israel was baptized from slavery to freedom, Israel went into the wilderness. This is why when we read the text in verse 15 and John doesn't understand why Jesus is asking to be baptized. Because in verse 15, he says, but Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it be so now. Jesus tells him exactly why. He says, Permit it to permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I'm sorry, I went Bible study with y'all. This is usually a Bible study thing. Might as well, right? I'm, I'm trying not to go too far into this because I ain't got that much time, but at least y'all starting to catch it. And maybe you'll see it, that what Jesus is saying is, is I'm coming to fulfill all righteousness. I'm coming to do what Israel could not do. I'm coming to accomplish what Israel could not accomplish. I'm coming to live the life that Israel could not live. To accomplish the things that Israel could not accomplish. Israel has failed over and over again, but I'm coming to do what Israel could not do. He is living out Israel's story. He's fulfilling Israel's story. He's fulfilling Israel's law. That's why Matthew, that's why I love Matthew is one of my favorites. I, I feel like I love all the gospels because they, but that's what Matthew's pointing out is how Jesus is the fulfillment. And that's why he says over and over again that it was written, that it might be fulfilled, that this is, because he's saying, guys, we've seen this before and everything that we've been waiting for is here now. Imagine for a moment, because I think sometimes we miss this when we do these reading rants or when we read the Bible. We sometimes have this, 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 this image of how the Bible was written. Like there was some guy sitting in a corner and he kind of just, you know, wrote it down and then boom gave it to us. It was more than that, much more than that. Matthew is the product of four to five decades of oral tradition. What do I mean by that? I mean that Matthew was written about 40 years after Jesus had died and resurrected. So the church was being the church and these people were were telling this story. And what they were saying is is that they were pointing, because remember the, the, the Israelites knew the story. They knew the story of Israel because they grew up on the story of Israel. But now they're sitting here going, guys, this is who Jesus is. Jesus is the fulfillment. And so they're sharing these stories. They're sharing the lineage. Notice the lineage pointed from Abraham, the promise, to David, the king, and then from David to Jesus, and that Jesus would be the fulfillment of the promise and Jesus would be the king that David could not be. And then they keep pointing and they keep sharing these stories. And as you read, notice here, the massacre of the innocents. There's so many themes here. I don't have enough time. My my, mind is just going all over the place because it's so exciting. And I get so lit about this because he's talking about the story of Israel. And he's talking about how Jesus accomplished Israel's story and how Jesus was the Moses. He was the new Moses. He was the better Moses. And so when they tell the story of Herod, who went to kill all the firstborn or those who were two years and under, they would remember the story of when Pharaoh went to kill all the firstborn sons. In the same way that Moses was in the wilderness, Jesus was in the wilderness. And the same way that Israel was baptized, Jesus was baptized. And out of the Red Sea comes a people in freedom, but those people in freedom are going to go through a trial and tribulation. Those people who are in freedom are going to be tested. And those people failed but what they were orally sharing with one another was while Israel may have failed Jesus won Jesus prevailed Jesus fulfilled the story Jesus in verse 15 John I uh, sorry Matthew 3 verse 15 is fulfilling all Righteousness. This is about the kingdom of God, not about a ticket to heaven. (laughs) This is about the kingdom of God, a greater plan, a greater ideal, a greater message, a greater thing. And now Jesus goes into the wilderness and he's tempted. And what does the devil tempt him with? He tempts him with the word. He tempts him with the word. How much time I got? Are y'all with me? Cause I feel like I'm taking a lot of time here. So <laughs> I'm so just so you guys know. I generally, generally, I try to finish by 8.30, okay? So so for those of you who are here, you're wondering, okay, when does it start? We start at 7.30, we end at 8.30, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I want to make sure y'all are with me here, because this is getting to my point today. This is my word. This is what the Lord is imparting upon me that I want to share with you. God has set you free. God has set you free from the consequences of sin and death. God has set you free. He set you free from bondage. He set you free from addiction. He set you free from all of that. But don't think that when you have moved from slavery to freedom, that there won't be trials along the way and don't confuse your trials and tests as your bondage. The reason why you're here now is because you're free. And there's some folks right now who are saying, my struggle says that I'm not free. No, your freedom comes in the fact that you're struggling to overcome. There are a bunch of folks in here who, because they feel like they're resisting and they're fighting and they feel like They're battling with certain things that may have come from their past. They will say, well, then it must be that I'm not, I must, I must not have arrived. I must not have made it. I'm, I'm not there. No, it's evidence that you are there. Family, you've been set free. It doesn't mean you're not going to confront temptation. And there are a lot of you here who are going to say well it's because I'm tempted because I'm going through temptations and there are thoughts in my mind there are things in me that I feel like these aren't aligned with God so it must be that I'm not where I need to be not realizing that it's evidence of your freedom because when you weren't free you didn't struggle with it did y'all did y'all hear me fam Don't confuse having temptation with not being free. When you went from bondage to freedom, it didn't mean that you weren't going to confront temptation from here on out. As a matter of fact, if you look at the story of Israel going from bondage to freedom, they went into the wilderness. Jesus went into the wilderness. You will be tested and you will be tempted. It is not evidence that there's something wrong with you or that you're not there. As a matter of fact, the fact that you're wrestling with it is evidence that God is doing a work in your life because there was a time when you weren't wrestling. There was a time when you weren't battling. There was a time where it just, it was okay. But now that you've come to life, you wrestle. Let the wrestle be evidence that the spirit of God is working on you and working in you. Somebody needs to hear this today because while Israel went into the wilderness, Israel did not resist. Israel failed and over and over again. And that's why Israel was given a law. Israel was given a law in the wilderness and in the end, Israel still couldn't fulfill the law because what it, what did Israel need? A change of heart, not a bunch of rules. And don't ever think that having the law is going to save you or having the law is going to deliver you because the devil is using the law to tempt Jesus. I'm sorry, y'all. The devil says and uses Bible to tempt him. So if the Bible can be used to tempt you, then don't think that it's the Bible that you need to use to restore you. The Bible is the means by which you will be restored, but you need the Holy Spirit to do the work. That's why you're washed with the word with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to cram Bible into people thinking that Bible, that's why there's a bunch of guys who are biblically sound, but they're a-holes. They're biblically sound, but they're just angry, bitter people. They got a lot of Bible in them, but they're not transformed by the grace of God. I'm sorry, y'all. I am not impressed by how much Bible you know. The devil knows the Bible. The devil knows the word, and he knows it well. And the devil uses often the word as he used for Jesus to tempt Jesus and he'll use it to tempt you. The word without the Holy Spirit means nothing. And there's some folks who know a lot of word, but their heart isn't transformed and they're full of sin, full of pride, full of everything else. Fam, I'm not impressed just because you know a lot of Bible. Because the devil knows it as well. (laughs) Because The devil knows the word and the devil will use the word. This is why you're not simply pursuing more Bible, more Bible, more word, more word. That's not what you're here to pursue. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You need the spirit to transform you. That's what you need. Israel had the word. Israel was in the wilderness and they received the word and Israel died in the wilderness with the law. Oh my God, I am. I'm about, to, I'm about to get, I'm about to go. I'm about to snap. Oh my goodness. I ain't got the time. I'm about to snap. Did y'all, did y'all catch what I said? You know that Israel got the law in the wilderness And Israel died with the law in the wilderness. And now Jesus is being fed the law in the wilderness. But here Jesus is fulfilling the law in the wilderness. Oh my goodness. Jesus responds, but it is said. Or sorry, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. (sighs) Then the devil took him up and then here he is ready. He gives him the word. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bury you. up, Bless you. Dash your foot on the stone. Notice the temptation for Jesus is not that he worships the devil is that he worships. Who? If you are the son of God, tempting him with himself, falling into temptation With himself. He's tempting Jesus with himself. He shall give his angels charge over you. He's saying, if you're all this Jesus, then throw yourself down. And of course, Jesus knows you can't tempt me with me because I am me. And so he says in verse 7 it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So anybody who says, well, Jesus never said that he was God. Well, there it is right there. Uh, <clears throat> and then the devil takes him up on a mountain, shows them all the kingdoms, shows them all their glory, shows them all of that. He says all these things. Now the devil's saying, I will give to you. He's showing them all the kingdoms. But Jesus says, away from you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Jesus didn't come to lead any worldly kingdom, any earthly kingdom. Jesus came to rule with a different kingdom. As a matter of fact, his kingdom will rule over all kingdoms. And Jesus' kingdom is a strange one. And you've heard me rant over and over and over and over and over again about this, and I won't stop ranting it. When people think of kingdom, they think of governments. They think of economies. (laughs) When people think of kingdom, they think of politics. That's why in America, people think Christian means Republican. There are those who think that being a Christian means that you're a Democrat. Not realizing neither one aligns with God's kingdom. God's kingdom is a strange one. God's kingdom does not align with the United, God's kingdom is not America. (laughs) God's kingdom is not any single nation. And Jesus is about to rule. And we're about to see how Jesus rules. So family, today, I know I'm just illuminating you to really where Matthew is leading us, but if there's anything you need to leave with today. And I want you to notice this as we continue to read through Matthew, is Matthew is pointing out how Jesus fulfills the law and how Jesus establishes his kingdom and how Jesus is the better Moses. That's it. Israel's story is about to be written and completed and fulfilled in Jesus. And the fulfillment of Israel's story is for all of humanity. For those of you who feel like Israel, and you failed over and over again, you've been tested over and over again, you failed, guess what? So did Israel. And yet Jesus fulfilled what you could not. Jesus did for Israel, Israel could not, and in turn did for you what you could not. So your hope today is not in your ability, in your capacity, your strength, your insight, your wisdom, your power, Your knowledge, your hope is only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. God bless you guys. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can have hope in you. As a matter of fact, Lord God, if there's one thing that we are aware of is that you are faithful. You never change. You are the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. And so today, because of your faithfulness, we can be hopeful, full of hope today. So Lord, let us not forget who you are and what you've done. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all family. God bless you guys. See you guys on Wednesday. I will post this on Patreon. Okay. So if you're part of our Patreon community, join us on Patreon. I will post this right away on Patreon. Okay. And join our Discord community as well. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. Discord.gg slash Opus Frere. I want to encourage you tomorrow on our Discord community, we're going to spend some time in prayer. Okay. We'll spend a few moments in prayer before we begin our day. All right. And so um, I want to encourage you to do that. Also text me 954-231-1848. Send updates there all the time. 954-231-1848. And you'll notice I'll send like a quick text on what what we were sharing today. Um, And and so it's just a word of encouragement for you to remind you. Okay, 954-231-1848. And yes, please prayerfully consider joining our Patreon community. We're praying this year that God will get us to our mark so that we can continue to um, grow and continue to push this ministry forward. And so I want to encourage you, join us. It's patreon.com slash Opus Frere, patreon.com slash Opus Frere, all right? Love y'all, and click the link in the bio. You'll see it all there, okay? It'll all be there in the bio. God bless you guys. See you on Discord. See the rest of the family, and you get to see everybody else who's uh supporting and who's a part of what we're doing, and the whole community. If you're looking for a community, you will find it on Discord. So I encourage you to do that. Join us on Discord. Love y'all, fam. I will see y'all tomorrow on discord. And if you're not on discord, I will see you guys on Wednesday. All right. Peace out. God bless you guys.